It's a big one, Mizzou and Kansas State. And if you look historically, Missouri's owned the rivalry against their former Big 8, Big 12 opponent. But in recent years, K-State's program is uh, doing better. So it's a big one this Saturday, and I thought we'd add a little Mizzou conversation to the Kilcoin conversation. And it's a visit I had with Gary Pinkle right before the Mizzou season started. Looking back on his career, also talking about the work he's doing now, real passionate about his foundation, GP made, Gary Pinkle made. Gets a lot of events with his former players. In fact, there's one coming up this year with Chase Daniel. And he just seems to be in a good place in his life. Goes to Chiefs training camp, hanging out with Andy Reid. Andy Hill's on that staff with the Chiefs. So it's a conversation with the former Missouri head coach, Gary Pinkle. We didn't know much about him when they hired him. Biggest I guess plus on the resume was that he had beaten Joe Paterno and Penn State at State College with his Toledo team in 2000. But it hired the hire worked, went to 10 bowl games, and now uh, living in Columbia. I think he spent some time in Florida as well. But Gary Pinkle is at a good place in his life. I always tease him because when he was coaching, man, he was super intense, as he should be. But in the offseason, we would have him come down and do shows at Fox 2, and he was kind of laughing and having fun. I'm like, who is this guy? And now you see that side of Gary Pinkle a lot more. But the winningest coach in Mizzou history, first coach to have back-to-back 10-win seasons. And he would admit there was that next tier they didn't get to. He said, I always wanted to win a conference championship, whether it was at the Big 12 or the SEC. And they got to those games, those championship games, but never won it. And he's brought that up to me a couple of different times, that that still bothers him. But body of work... A lot of great players who made it to the NFL. A lot of big days down at Faroe. He got that zoo as a nickname to stick. It was Gary Pinkle who was always talking about, okay, okay, the zoo. We'll be down at the zoo this weekend, okay? Our, our player, players love the zoo. And at first, we're like, what is he talking about? But now the zoo is, you know, sort of the slang for Faroe Field. So he got a lot of things done when he was at Mizzou. Fun to catch up with Gary Pinkle. We're coming to you from the Pasta House Studios. Kids eat free on Sundays. You already knew that. Pastahouse.com, the website, easiest way to get those meals during the middle of the week. Let me tell you, got kids in lacrosse, soccer, fall baseball. It's unbelievable. Who's got time to cook? Just go to Pastahouse.com. Not only delicious, fresh-made food, but easy to order and it'll feed an army. Trust me. Pastahouse.com. And don't forget about the newest location at the corner of Manchester and Woodlawn. Marita Villa Senior Living. And I want to give a shout out to the folks there because this week on the anniversary of 9-11, they had their annual March to the Arch. I don't know how many years they've done this, but if you ever drive up and down Clayton Road on 9-11, you will see a group of people holding flags. They go from Clayton and Wideman Road. That's pretty far out in West County. And they walk Clayton Road all the way to the Arch. It's just a great part of their remembrance. It's just a, a really cool thing they do every year. So shout out to our friends at Marie de Villa Senior Living. Triad Bank, you know all about it. Five-star rated bank based in St. Louis since 2005. Two locations in Frontenac on Clayton Road. Second location on Olive, just west of 270. And the key to working with Triad Bank is the relationships they have with their customers. And that could go down to my mom and her checking account or somebody who's got a million-dollar business. doesn't matter. The relationships are key. And because they're based in St. Louis, they're helping folks get things done right here in town. 
If you're not happy with your bank or they're giving you the runaround, stop by and see them. Whether it's the CEO, Jim Regna, anybody on his team will help you out. Triadbanking.com. And appliance discounters throughout the St. Louis area or online, theappliancediscounters.com. All your appliance needs, biggest names, lowest prices. It's that simple. I've been telling you for years about the GE rebates. If you type in General Electric, see what items they have, find out what rebates they have. All kinds of great deals on the best appliances. Theappliancediscounters.com. That is the website. We appreciate all of our sponsors, and we hope that you stop by and do business with them. And now here's our visit with Gary Pinkle. This is right before the Mizzou season kicked off. We're excited about football this time of year, and I know you've been out of the game for a little bit. Does it feel weird that you don't have a whistle around your neck or you don't have to be at the office at 5 a.m.? Is it this time of year where you start to feel that? <laughs> Actually, my blood starts flowing a little bit. So I, I get to enjoy it, you know, and it's, uh, you know, obviously a big fan of Mizzou and the Chiefs and so on and so forth. And uh, But uh, I, I I really enjoy it. I, I didn't realize everybody watched football all the time like they did because you're so consumed in your team. You didn't watch anything else for five months. And so uh, it's been it's been really a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, we're uh, – it's, it's, it was it was a great run for for me and, and our chance and opportunities to build a program at Mizzou. Yeah, it's interesting you say that because we just had Mike Kelly on the show and he's called like 357 straight Mizzou games. And I I quoted Dan Deardorff who said, after 50 years of playing and broadcasting, finally retired from calling Michigan games. He said, Martin, I went to a game. I went to a game as a fan for the first time in 50-plus years. So I said to Mike Kelly, have you ever had that emotion walking in? Everybody's tailgating, having fun. you you got to go do your job. How about for you, as a, I know you love coaching, did you ever say, man, I wouldn't, wouldn't mind one day watching a game, being a fan? Yeah, it really has. I, you know, I, when, I, when I retired, uh, you know, it's because I had cancer. I'm cancer. I'm doing okay. And, and I had no plan. I had zero plan. So, you know, uh, I, I look at coaching now. I was over at the uh, Chiefs practice yesterday. First time I'd ever been there. I don't go to Coach Drinks because I don't want to bother him and be running around all there. And uh, just truly uh, uh, awesome. I, I, can, I can watch games on TV. In fact, I'm critiquing them on TV, and my wife goes, shh, to me. And I said, what are you doing that to me for? And she says, well, I want to listen to what the commentator says. Honey, I coach football for 35 years. You, you got the greatest <laughs> commentator in the world sitting next yeah, to you, okay? God dang. <laughs> so anyway, but it's, it's, been, it's been a blast. And we all know, you know, we, we hope Mizzou has a great year this year, uh, certainly. But, uh, you know, having the Chiefs, you know, you, I, you become the Chiefs fan, which I did, uh, you know, right when I, when I got here. Uh, oh, my goodness. Uh, how, how exciting it is just getting into the season. Did you ever want to coach at the NFL level or ever have any inquiries along the way where somebody said, hey, we got an idea? Did, did anybody ever call about the NFL? And did you ever, were you ever intrigued by that? I had a couple of people call to me. It's when I was an assistant coach, not head coach, an assistant coach. And, you know, for me, um, you know, I just, I just really didn't have an, it didn't appeal to me. I, I guess because I like working with players. And I think also, you know, you have to win enough games, but you can do things to help kids be better kids and so the combination of both of those things that's why i kind of really loved 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 uh, uh coach football now matt Everflus, a guy that coached for me uh you know and did, did a lot of great things matt Everflus is the head coach right now at the uh, uh chicago bears 
and I'm real proud of him. He was a captain for me. He coached for me here. Yeah. He came into my office about four years before he went and he became a head coach, which was the last year was the first year. He came into me in the office and he says, I, I would like to go in the, in the NFL coach. And I said, you sure you want to do that? And I said, because I, I mean, you should think about it a few days. He says, coach, I've been thinking about this for a long time. And, and we were just different. So I, I had no even any way want to go in the NFL. And he, that was like his goal to be an NFL head coach. And, and he's on his second year there now, I, uh, and I'm really proud of him. Yeah, I noticed that last year you were up at Soldier Field. That's got to be a pretty cool feeling for you to see him. Chicago freaking Bears wearing the headset, and you're like, I knew that little punk when he was. I mean, that, that had to be pretty fun. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's also like Alex Grinch. Is, was, uh, you know, he's my nephew. He was a coordinator for me. He bounced around a little bit now. He was at Oklahoma. Now he's uh, the uh, defensive uh, coordinator at uh, Southern Cal. And he's going to get a head coaching job pretty soon too. So I, it's been kind of neat for me to you know have some see some of my play. And I have a bunch of other guys out there coaching. So uh, we we had a lot of a lot of great people around me. Well, and I don't want to forget. Speaking of former players, I think Chase Daniel is going to come back for one of your events this fall. I think that's now official for the GP Made Foundation. Let's bring folks up to date. You've been doing this now for a number of years. Let's talk about the foundation, the work you've been able to get done, and then remind folks uh, the event that Chase Daniel is going to be at. Yeah, well, first of all, the event is going to be October 6th, which is a Friday before we play LSU on Saturday. Okay, and Chase, we have a thing called an evening with GP last year. Um, you know, we, we brought in Brad Smith and some other guys. And then this year it's going to be, this is Chase has played in the NFL the last 14 years, I think it is. And so he's, he's he, we're flying him in, and uh, it's, in, it's, in, it's in Columbia. You go, you go out at uh, gpmade.com or gpmade.org, and you can sign up if you want to try to buy a table and such but it's just we're gonna have a great time mike kelly you talked about mike earlier mike is you know we're so lucky here in mizzou to have a guy like him i don't need people i think they might not even get that i mean he is so good at what he does and so what he's going to do he's going to like mc it i'm going to be a part of it too but we're going to start talking about football plays we're going to show the plays that happened 15 years ago 18 years ago you know the cotton bowl that went over kansas and have and have the quarterback right here who was a big part of that would be a part of that also. And so last year we raised quite a bit of money doing that for the first time. And this money will go to scholarships. That's because that's one of our areas of um, you know just kids with tough backgrounds. It's an educational standpoint also. And so that all these money will go to our scholarship program. Last year I think we had 62 kids in the state of Missouri on scholarships. So we're we're really proud of that, and uh, you know excited about continuing to to build this. And for those new to it, the GP Foundation's all about breaking disability barriers, battling cancer, and overcoming poverty. And these are ambitious goals, but these are things that are needed. Let Let's walk through that uh, for you. And you've told your story, but the disability barriers it, it hit home right early on when you saw it with your own siblings. Yeah, that was. This was all after kind of me and kind of what and, and my experiences. So we have the three pillars. The one pillar is for physical, physical challenges. My brother and sister were in wheelchairs by the time they reached adolescence, uh, and so she's older, he's younger. I didn't get the disease, which I struggled a little, quite a bit for because I love my brother and sister so much. He's passed away. She's still, she's still living here in Columbia now. Um, but physical physical challenges, uh, they have a learning center down uh, around the state, but a learning center down uh, in, in in our just city, and it's incredible what they're doing to help kids that have that have those kind of issues. 
And so we were excited about that. The other one, I got cancer. Uh, this is with kids with, with leukemia or lymphoma, basically, kids like that. And we're also, we, I always talk about, and, and this is our second pillar, I always talk about the fight against cancer. We're winning. I don't care if you give $10, $3, $2. The reason people are living longer with cancers and, and defeating the can- cancer is because of, of, of people making donations. And, and so uh, you know, I, it, it applies to everybody. Certainly, look, we look at the children aspect of it. But uh, we're winning the battle, and the more money we can get, the more studies we can do, the better we can get done. And then the third pillar was background, uh, backgrounds kids are in. I, my coach at Washington, I recruit in Southern California, but I've been almost in every state in this country in my, all my years I coached, 38 years. And I went into some homes that just, just you know, uh, just unbelievable homes, you know. I, you know, I sat down in a chair one time, and Dad came over and said, excuse me, Coach, you pulled the guy gun out from underneath and walked over, sat down, and said, uh, you know, how, how you doing, Coach? And so our big thing is education and mentoring, but certainly education. You know, you get education, and you're, then you can take care of yourself. Uh, but certainly those are things that I try to do in our program with my players. And, and, and those homes that they're in, uh, a lot of them have no control over it, but they do get control if they can get scholarships and they have people that will assist them. And I think uh, so those three things that we've been doing, uh, they're all in the state of Missouri. Uh, we're very proud of it. We want to keep building. You know, we've raised hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars, and we want to keep it going. Yeah, 61 scholarships so far given out. That's a four-year commitment. We're talking about a half a million dollars right there alone in that program. You said the guy had a gun, so he just you're saying like the culture was a gun would just be sitting out. He wasn't trying to intimidate you, though. No, not at all. I was oh. sitting, he just said it was in Bakersfield, California. He's sitting, his son's sitting right next to him. I'm talk, I just sat down, and, and his dad got up said, oh, excuse me, coach. And he went over to me, and he asked me, can you, can you get up second? I did, and he reached down and pulled a gun out. And said, I, you know, I just, I, I got to protect my family. Went back, put it under his chair, and we started talking. Oh my! But gosh. the point I'm trying to say that that really is a responsible family there. But I, I've been in families that, right. you know, there. I, I, I mean, I can't even un, un, describe them what on, on this phone. But that's that's what we can do. We can help kids break down those kind of barriers so they can have more fulfilling lives and, and, and do some great things. And you probably had kids who were not star players who were on the team and came from a rough background and left with a degree, and now they call you, hey, coach, how you doing? I'm selling insurance in Chicago. I'm an engineer in Ohio. Or what? I mean, I would think though, and it's great when they're in the NFL. It's a lot of fun. But you, you probably have a ton of stories of kids who used football to get that degree. Yeah, you know, that's, the, that's so rewarding for me because, you know, we, we certainly want to win games. Any player played for me, we talked about being better men, treating women respectfully, going on dating. I, I talked to all my players about this stuff in meetings. And so it's, it's bigger than that. I mean, it's bigger than, than you know, you, you've got a chance to have huge influence on, on all these people. And I think that's kind of, you know, what, where, where we're at with that in, in terms of, you know, continuing to build. But we really, really got to reach out so we can we do a good job of, uh, of uh finding the right people for these, for these uh, scholarships and things we're doing. And you mentioned battling cancer. How's your health? Oh, I'm fine. Uh, you know, I saw my cancer. I will always have it. Uh, thank God it's, it hasn't done anything for a while. You know, for me, it was uh, my, you know, I, I didn't know if I lived 10, two years or 15. I, I don't, you know, who knows what I'm going to be. I go to Mayo uh, once a year. Uh, occasionally I've gone twice. 
you know, for testing and things. And but I but I've really been blessed. I'm 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 doing fine. And uh, you know I I quit coaching, but I miss taking care of my players. You know, and they drove me nuts <laughs> often. Okay, nuts. But those are the things we talked about, and and, and I got a chance to help, you know, help kids in a different way. When you got that news in 2015, here you are, big strong guy, football coach. How does that hit you when you get that phone call or that report? Uh, it's hard to say, you know. It's, it's really hard to say because I, you know, I'll never forget going to the doctor's office. I just swung lymph nodes on my neck, and our trainer says, I can get you in and get looked at. And I said, I don't need to do that. And he goes, yeah, he said, I think you should. And I said, okay. And I'm, I, I always take care of myself and healthy because my brother and sister we talked about. And I'll never forget him looking at me. And he looked at me, and my wife's sitting next to me. And he says, Gary, um, is not good news. Uh, he says, uh, you know, you, I just want you to know you have you have cancer. And I looked at him. I'm, I mean, I, 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 my wife's eyes started tearing up. Um, you know, I just looked at him. I was, I was for a moment probably stunned like I've never been before uh, just looking at it. And, you know, then you shake yourself off real quick. Then you say, okay, how are we going to battle this? Let's get going. And that's when I also signed a six-year contract three days before. And my my family, knowing that I could pass away, you know, in two years, five years, eight years, whatever, they didn't, they couldn't tell me. Um, I was going to make sure that I, my emphasis was on my family, and so I'm not, you know, the, how hard we work, and all of a sudden I'm gone when I when I could have made the decision that I did, and I, I feel very very good about it. Uh, again, I miss my players, but again, those things are I get stuff from my players all the time. You know, I went in the NFL hall, NFL. The College Football Hall of Fame last year was one of the most incredible experiences I ever had. And you should see the letters and the texts and emails I get from players. It was just it was just overwhelming. Man. So I'm 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 a very lucky guy and a very blessed guy. Isn't it funny because you said they drove me nuts, but I miss them. And the players probably didn't love you all the time when you were coaching, right? <laughs> but now they love you, right? Like they're they, but part of your job, and I don't think you ever apologize for it, which is good. You're going to be tough on kids because you want them to be good men, and it's it's kind of it's fun to see how that evolves too. Like they appreciate some of the tough lessons later in life. There's that's no question. I have a lot of guys that two three years afterwards they call you know call me up and say, Coach, I just want to, and you know, I get them all the time. Coach, I just want to thank you for you helping me. You know, I'm a better man. I, I'm a better father now for things you taught me. I'm sure I got chills saying those kind of things. But that's really, that's why, you know, that's what I do for a living. You know, I've got to win enough games to, to you know, to keep your job. But but a huge responsibility to help kids be better young men and, and provide opportunities for them. And so I, I feel very, very blessed and fortunate. And your job was to be intense as a coach. And then you and I have joked over the years about this, but the off-season Gary was the guy who would drive his Harley into our TV studio. And now in retirement, <laughs> I just feel like you really – and part of it is probably a cancer scare, but it seems like you just have embraced life maybe even at a different level now in retirement to really just enjoy every moment. Yeah, it is. It is. And, you know, we, we work huge hours. It's just – it's not real good for you and your family. You're, if you go to bowls, then you take care of your families because they can look forward to having a bowl every year, and it's a big thank you to all your family. But the big thing, you're gone a lot. Now, what I did is I changed some things. I changed hours so my guys would get home by 8 o'clock every night. We came in early in the mornings. I did that. Coach James never did that. We stayed get there 10, 30, 11. But most of the time, their kids would – most people don't know this – 
you know, kids, even kids in grade school go to bed like at 8 or 8.15 or 7.45 or whatever or 9. Well, doing this right there, I got a chance for almost every single night for, for their fathers to have them at home. They get all done with practice and, you know, we, we'll meet tomorrow morning at 6, 6 o'clock. But they were they got to stay get to get home by the time their kids went to bed and give them a kiss and and, and, and walking in there and it's something you know they changed a lot people were working the same number of hours and the technology was was was, was you know awful now they, they put the same hours in even though they get things done ten percent of the time that it took before so it was the right thing to do for me and I think it had also influence of keeping coaches here. And also uh, coaches that really, really, you know, I get they wanted to become of our program if, if a position opened up. Winningest coach in the history of Missouri football, same with Toledo football. How about that? Gary Pinkle, our guest, we'll be right back. And back on the Kilcoin conversation with the former Mizzou head coach, Gary Pinkle. Coach, so much going on in the game right now, it would probably make your head explode if you were still coaching. Uh, what, what's your just overall take on the conference alignment? You're an old Pac-10 guy with your roots at Washington. I would think there's a little bit of a sadness to see that whole conference just get obliterated. Well, you know, I don't, I don't use the word greed. I think that's that's extreme and it's kind of negative. I don't think that, you know, that's – but at the end of the day, it still is about, you know, m- money and – competition and competing and i just i'm i just it's got to settle down here when's it going to settle down i don't know there's going to be some people left out if you're at stanford you're at cal you're a you know pac 10 guy pac 12 guy uh you know you got you got um oregon state you i mean you got it's it's washington state it's it's ugly they're sitting there they're running a program they're getting the money starting next year and they have to fill in, and they're working to fill themselves in right now. But is that going to happen every two years? Somebody's just going to come out and, you know, two, four, three teams are said, oh, I'm going to go somewhere else. Or maybe the NCAA, you know, one of the big problems, so that, that's it, but one of the big problems you have right now is the NIL. And players should get paid because we're making millions and millions of dollars. But there should be some type of a salary cap. And they're not, they're, these aren't professionals, okay? They are, they are going to college. And most of them, that's going to be their key for for success. The problem I have with all this is, if you got more money, significantly more money, you're probably going to easily overcome a bunch of the teams that don't have the money that you have. And so the rich are going to get richer, and it has nothing to do with coaching. It has nothing to do with recruiting. It's but I got more money to pay that guy than you do, and that's problematic to me that's what? problematic yeah as a competitor because if you want to take over a program somewhere you know and it's not you know the biggest funded school you still want to compete for a national championship and you're right all of a sudden you're going to have six to 20 teams who every year that's it nobody else could possibly compete but I don't know how do you get it back in the barn and I mean I, I going back if they had just maybe done stipends for kids and not been so stringent maybe they would have never gone this crazy but how, do you think they can fix it at this point i think the government has to get involved if they are still student athletes 90 percent of them, their life's going to be their degree not the money that they, that they make here and i just think that that's that's the way it that's the way it is and i i'm i don't know where it's going to go but i just uh you need some kind of you know the nfl has a salary cap why wouldn't college football have a salary cap but there's extremes okay and people people walk over this 
You know, there are teams in every league that four, three or four teams that are sometimes national teams and have been there for long. They talk about Ohio State, Southern Cal's coming back, Oklahoma, Oklahoma, uh, Alabama. They're, 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 you know, they got money, a different set of monies, okay, to, to go to, to get a guy recruiting them. Well, I'm going to give you this much. Or how much is Missouri giving you? Okay, we can up that three thousand dollars a month. And so, is that is that right? Is that is that college football? So they've got to find a way to fix the thing. But I'm just, uh, you know, I asked Jeremy Macklin a few a few months ago when I ran into Jay Mack. I'm so proud of him too. Um, and he, I asked him. I said, and I reviewed him coming here, having a great year, All American, going into his senior year, and all of a sudden, Oklahoma calls and they're going to pay you 1.2 million dollars to go to Oklahoma. I said, what would you do? And he was honest with me. And that's probably the answer that I would have had, too. He looked at me and said, how could I turn down $1.2 million, Coach? Right. Good point. Good point. So then I, could have, I couldn't build my program. Everybody was, you know, Chase Daniel, bam, he's gone. You know, I, you, know you better have the monies to be able to compete, really. If you have money to compete, then, then we're all the same thing. But not now. It's, uh, it's crazy. Well, and it's- then the portal's even, portal's even crazier. And, you know, you're going to see graduation uh, rates plummet here because 40% of the guys that go in the portal don't get scholarships. And they're, the guy was in a portal, went to portal for me, and he's going to leave, and he came back and said, I want to come back. I don't care who he is. I, he would not come back. I, would, I wouldn't take him. So, anyway, the portal's a main. And then, and then don't forget the locker room. The locker rooms are a mess. Uh, you remember Texas A&M was the last year, I think, a year before. They just were awful. Well, they have, they have tons of money. They're probably in the top 3% of the programs that have you know, that have all, all the money. And they, they just had so many internal problems because of the way the money was handed out, the way players are approaching it. Uh, wow. So the other thing I want to say real quick, I'm glad I'm not coaching anymore. <laughs> no, this is great. This is great. Well, you, I've handed you the mic. This is your chance to vent. Yeah, so anyway, that's that's, you know, that's the things you know. I just don't. I, ed, for ninety-five percent of the guys, their education is going to be the most important thing for them. Five percent, they can they play in the NFL and live for a long, long time. But you know, and I'm throwing numbers out there, but I think everybody understands what I'm saying. Right. So yeah. we'll we'll uh, we'll see we'll see how it plays out. Uh, again, our players deserve a piece of the pie that's fair, because it, without the players, it's not going to happen. And so I think they have to just, it's got to be a combination of a professional slash not a professional. I mean, where you're, where you're, you know, you're not like a guy that's your job you're going to have the rest of your life it's just for this particular year. So to me, it's just an overcorrection. Like the NCAA, it was too stringent. And then now it's like, okay, not only can you make tons of money, but you can also leave like you're talking about. So now you're paying kids to come somewhere, but then they can bolt immediately. It's It can't be both where they get a ton of money to come there, but then they can also turn around and leave. But I'm wondering, looking back, did you ever have any run-ins in terms of like silly rules where if you bought a kid a, a can of Pepsi and you got a fine for that? or I just felt like for a while it was too overbearing. And then now we've got this massive reverse where it's too crazy. Did you ever get frustrated with some of the stringent rules where you couldn't, like a kid who was poor on your team, you couldn't buy him a pair of sweatpants? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, those things were certainly, I think one thing we've we, we done a great job with when I was coaching, they, a lot of, most of the people do, we give our kids tons of Mizzou stuff, you know, and stuff with even out Mizzou. So things that we can, 
you know, really nice jackets and sports jackets and, I mean, all kinds of stuff like that. So we do those kind of things. But that's your, that's the point. I mean, I, I you know, they just, you know, I, I'm real disappointed in NCA because they knew this was going to happen, you know, 10 years before it happened. And, you know, instead of calling the whole thing and, and, and instead of, you know, dealing with the politics, and, again, I don't know a lot about all that, but, you know, you know we're going to need some laws changed, you know, for the name, image, likeness. We're going to need, you know, these are guys who are half, half college kids and half professionals. So let's kind of help these guys out so, you know, they can, they can get their degrees, but if they're also, they can earn some money and, and so on and so forth, and, and there's some kind of a salary cap where everybody's treated fairly. Wow. Some people say, well, yeah, fairly, you know, uh, life's not fair. Well, you know what? Sports should be fair. Yeah. Sports should be fair. That's my opinion. Gary Pinkle is our guest. I'm curious, going back, you are at Mizzou when they made the shift to the SEC. That took a number of years to play out. There was talk about the Big Ten. When that comes up, how did you first find out? Does Mike Alden call you in the room and say, hey, we're, we're having these meetings or this might happen? Do you, what do you remember about that period before Mizzou committed to the SEC? That was really difficult, you know, and um, – uh, I, Mike, I, I had known that they had discussions um, with the SEC. I knew they did for sure. They were very bothered with the Big 12, I think it was, uh, the, and, and some of the uh, leadership there, the athletic directors, presidents, were you know behind the scenes talking about moving you know to you know, moving people in from the West Coast or in and changing the league, and you know, and we're thinking about well, shoot, what if we get knocked out of it? And so that's, I remember, yeah, I vividly remember that. I vividly remember that. And then that's when the SEC came. And who wants to play and coach in the SEC with all the great teams? The head coach is the national, the, the, the time, of, type of, uh, time of survival in college football. But in the SEC, it's about the head coach. It's about, you know, about four and a half years, you know, 80% of the guys are fired just because they're so competitive. And that's what I told Mike Alden. I said, we're going to do this. I'm in. But we've got to build the facilities. We got to, we got to, we got to, you know, spend money to do it to do it right. And, and we had a pretty good run, you know. We had a fifth in the nation, and you know, we won a lot of games. And you know, the next year, we won, we won divisional championship. I got almost that national championship game almost three times, but I didn't get us in there. So I, I made a major mistake there. But anyway, uh, you know, it all plays out. And, and how it goes. So we'll see what happens. What, what did your staff say when you're like, hey, okay, guys, we're going to the SEC? Because you're competitors, you want to win, but that's a daunting move. And you guys in year two, as you mentioned, and year three, playing in the SEC title game. But that had to be like you mentioned to Mike Allen, excuse me, what? We're going where? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it really was. I mean, it took, you know, it's, it's hard. And uh, Alex Grant, who's the defensive coordinator at Southern Cal, he's my nephew and he coached with me here. And he was a, he was a, uh, coordinator here well, he's a coordinator right now at southern cal and i told him about you know looking people that are you know giving him calls they're, they're probably going to be looking at him they're going to have great success there and i just told him i said do me one favor don't go to the sec the longevity go read find out the longevity of coaches how long that they're there you know choose the right place and i wouldn't i would not choose the sec if it was for you and i think it's kind of protecting my nephew but, you know, who knows, at the end of the day. Well, it, that's, it's a stressful conference to be in. Uh, this year, Mizzou trying to settle on a quarterback for right now. You you would always do something where you kind of had the next guy 
in the wings, right? You would kind of let them play a little bit, and then the next year they would take over. It seemed like part of your success was really the succession that you had at that QB position. Yeah, yeah, it's nice to say that we did. We did have the same thing in Washington. We have the same thing here. So, you know, it's 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 just kind of crazy. You know, uh, our first four quarterbacks, you know, all played in the NFL. Um, again, we had Chase Daniel here yesterday. Then uh, Chase Daniel is going to be coming this year. But you know, the quarterback position is, is so you know hugely important um, if you want to be successful. And that's that's kind of you know you know that's where every everything starts. And so I was very blessed to be able to get quarterbacks in. And so, and that's, that's what everybody's looking at. We're looking at coach drink and you know, he's so kind to me and wants me to always ask me to do things and, and, or be a part of it. I, I kind of keep my distance too. You know, I, you know, he doesn't need me hanging around everything, but I'm excited that the defense defense, you know, nine starters back at 11. That's good. That's key. The offensive line. I'm not sure about, um, but the quarterback, it's you know you'd like to think by the fourth year we got the guy in there, but hopefully we have the guy in there, you know. And I I, I don't study the film, and you know, I stay away from it. That's coach drink, and uh, but that's to me at the end of the day you got to play great defense, and you got to have a guy behind the center. And if you do those two things, you got a chance to win a lot of games. Did you ever look at predictions, whether it's media or other coaches' preseason picks? Do you ever use those as motivation? No, no. I just focused on ourselves, you know, preparing on ourselves, and we were, you know, we we did things different. Than a lot of people, attention to detail of how we practice. You know, we built, you know, the infrastructure of you know being brothers with one another, caring about one another. You know, if you if you have difficulties and problems, which you always do, you're up front, talk about it, give each other a hug, and you get back going. So, um, you know, that's kind of where it's always worked out for me. How much easier was your life once you started winning? Because when you were selling Mizzou early on, that's tough, right? Then you get some guys in the league. It changes when all of a sudden you can say, "Oh, man, you see that Macklin guy on Sundays? Yeah, that was one of our guys. See that Chase Dan? That's one of our like." It had to have gotten. I don't want to say easy, but probably easier maybe than the beginning. Yeah, you know, we had a recruiting plan. You know, my uh, Nick Saban, Nick and I played for Don James. The foundation of our program at Washington at Toledo here for me, Coach James at Washington and Kent State, and for Nick at Alabama uh, is the foundation that of a A to Z, uh, an organizational program um, that's run at the highest levels of consistency and one that has, has uh, ways to help your kids get better and so many different things in their life. And that's kind of what we did, and that's that's kind of my background. You know, I didn't come up with all this stuff, but I was a Don James disciple, and that had a lot to do with our success at Toledo, and certainly a lot to do with our success uh, here at Missouri. So, um, it's a battle. It's tough. I'm, 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 and just another asterisk here: the fairness of money. You know, if you rank in the top four and the bottom instead of top four, people are going to still want to cut the head off of it of the coaches rank that low and the money is that low. But at the end of the day, I, you know, you're going to have, it's going to, you're going to have trouble winning. It's not magic out there. All right. And finally, how does Gary Pinkle scratch that competitive itch now? Do you get in the boat at the lake and go a little faster? What, what do you do to get that competitive? You play golf. What, how do you, and maybe nothing compares to walking the sideline with a game on the line. A little golf, you know, and uh, I, I like that. Uh, some back issues, so I got to be comfortable with what I do there. 
Um, I just keep busy. You know, we do. I do a lot of things. You know, my foundation has really helped me. I got a lot of friends. I got family. Uh, all my, I got eight grandkids. And most all of them are in some type of sport and stuff. So I get a chance to go see them play and do things. Um, but I got to tell you, and we talked a little bit earlier about me going to the yesterday to the to the Chiefs practice. I got to tell you, when I was standing on the sidelines watching that game, that this practice, and I'm looking around, I felt for a moment like I was head coach again. Mm-hmm. And I haven't felt like that since the day I left here. Mm-hmm. And I gosh, oh my, got back in the car, and a guy that was with me, a friend of mine, I look at him, and I said, man, oh man, I missed that. I, mm-hmm. I missed that. And I've never said that since in the 13 years I have, you know, I, I or have, or eight years since I've been coaching. I really, really, really miss game day i miss game day not everything up to it but game day we were so organized and detailed and you know it's i I do and and in turn loving and helping the kids and disciplining the kids to make them better people and does grandpa pinkle when he goes to his grandkids sporting events tell me you yell at the refs i'll feel better (laughs) (laughs) no (laughs) the oldest and she's graduated rockbridge this year she's going to university of missouri on a soccer scholarship Outstanding. Un- unlike her, unlike her grandfather, <laughs> she's a four-point student. Wow. Okay, she's a four-point student. So she's not only a good athlete and got recruited by bunches of people, she's also a very, very good student. So I get a chance to watch them. I got kids in Kansas City and I got kids in Sedalia. So I got I got eight of them: four boys, four girls, and it's certainly, a, um, you know, it's a blessing. And I got time I can I can spend with them now. The one, the only, Gary Pinkle, our guest here on your Mizzou station, KTRS. His website, gp gpmade.org, doing great work. Uh, the foundation's up and running, and you heard him mention this earlier, Chase Daniel, their special guest this year, Friday, October 6th. Chase will be in Columbia. Tiger Mike Kelly will be hosting on the Tigers Network, and they'll be raising money on that Friday, the night before the LSU game. And who knows, if all goes well, Mizzou could be riding high. Going into that yeah. game. Coach, it's great to have you on the show and uh, appreciate your time as always. Thank you. And uh, you do just as good a job as you did back in the day. So I, I appreciate appreciate you, man. Thank you. I've really gotten to enjoy Coach Pinkle. Is, I mean, I liked him when he was coaching. But as I mentioned at the outset, definitely more fun now. Definitely looser. And he used to accept the comparison to Tony LaRussa, that they were different people when the season ended. And he would say, well, what, do you, what do you want me to do, okay? I'm trying to, trying to win games, okay? I, I, I'm not supposed to be your buddy during the season. <laughs> he's, he's sort of owned that over the years. That was fun. We'll get him on again. It looks like he's got a great event coming up October 6th, Chase Daniel. Unless Chase Daniel gets called by the Jets, <laughs> called out of retirement, he'll be there in Columbia that weekend. We're in the Pasta House studios for all of our KillCoin conversations. And we appreciate them being a sponsor, and they're all around the area. It's close to 20 locations, so I'm pretty sure there's a pasta house somewhere near you. And when you go in there, you know you're going to get fresh food. Every single item is made fresh daily. I always joke when my family goes in there, the kids just want the rolls. Rolls come out hot, the butter, and I'm like, no, 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 we're here to eat some pasta, some pizza. There isn't an item on the menu that would disappoint you whether you want pasta or pizza, or if you just want a big salad. Their salad is legendary as well. Pastahouse.com, find those locations, or order online. Triad Bank really is the neighborhood-friendly bank. Easiest thing to do, stop by and see them. Find out what they can do for you. So many local businesses are working with them because they've figured it out. 
You don't want a bank that's based in L.A. or New York. You can't get anything done. Talk to the folks at Triad Bank. They're in Frontenac, and they're also on Olive, just west of 270. Theappliancediscounters.com is the website, but again, you can go into any of their area stores, and what you'll see is that washer, dryer, stove, refrigerator. The price is listed, and right next to it is the price at the big box stores. So they go around and check all the time just to make sure that their price is lower. They do that price checking so you don't have to. That way you know you're guaranteed the lowest price on the biggest names in the appliance world. And Marita Villa Senior Living, the place that Red Shandings called home for so many years. It's a beautiful campus in West County. Clayton and Wideman Road, that's the intersection. You take a virtual tour at mariedevilla.com. That's M-A-R-I-D-E-V-I-L-L-A.com. mariedevilla.com. They have all levels of care. You can live in a villa estate or assisted living, whatever level of care you need. You have access to all their great amenities, the clubhouse, the food, programs. There's always something entertaining going on. Check them out at mariedevilla.com. I'm Martin Kilquin. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you again soon.